With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast, hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to NYYSportsTalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in-game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 75 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by BrandonRendiniFitness.com. BrandonRendiniFitness.com. Where fitness and lifestyle, they go hand in hand. I'm your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And he's not here yet. He's somewhere. He'll be here soon. So we'll give him a proper introduction when he shows up. Uh, it's about 8 p.m. Sunday evening, day off for the American League Division Series. The Yankees in Boston Red Sox are tied one game apiece. Yankees did exactly what they needed to do. So the Yanks will uh, be facing off with the Red Sox in Game 3 tomorrow night. You'll Tonight you'll most likely be listening to this on Monday morning. Uh, it's going to be Severino versus Nathan Evaldi in Game 3. Oh, they they listed Evaldi. Porcello got pushed back to Game Four. Who? I wonder why. He I, really didn't throw that many pitches the other night. I Are they? Uh, do they want to see what they can get out of Evaldi? And just in in case they they lose tomorrow night, they want uh, Porcello for the next day. I don't, I, don't really, know. I don't really know what their line of thinking is, but we're going to break down the first two games of the division series, take a quick look ahead to game three and four. Um, hopefully this you know, this series does not get back to Boston in, in the good way. Can I just read these numbers real quick? Go right ahead. They're absolutely unbelievable. We all know what Judge has done in the postseason. He's played 16 games, okay? I'm going to tell you what his run production numbers would be over a 162-game season based off of those 16 games. You ready? Mm-hmm. I might need a guess. Okay? Sure. 608 at-bats, so be a normal season. How many home runs do you think he would have? Uh, probably like 112. <laughs> 71. 152 RBIs. That's the kind of pace he's on right now. In, in his postseason production, he currently has in 60 at-bats, 70 home runs, and 15 RBIs. That's unbelievable, man. Yeah, well, you know, 16 games. Aaron Judge so far in the postseason, it's only been three games, but he's doing exactly what you want Aaron Judge to be doing in the postseason. He's got three home runs already, one in each game. Uh, the Obviously, the one in the wild card game set the tone early, got the Yankees up and running. Uh I get you want to say it was a meaningless home run on in game one. I don't really see it that way because then it, disagree. it gave the Yankees uh, three chances to get the tying run home after he clobbers one the other way, which it didn't even look like he hit it that well, to be honest with you. And then last night, he just puts one into the moon, and then you knew the Yankees were going to win that game at that point because David Price is just he's 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 a waste. He's a waste. He's a full waste. Here's what I here's what I'll say about that home run that he hit in the ninth. First of all, it was a tough loss. That was not a good loss. They they had more than, but you know, it's Fenway Park, and you can't sit here and analyze every little thing. The Yankees fought back in a five nothing game, and they held the Red Sox to where they were, and they clawed their way back. Here's what you can say about about that home run in the ninth. They're not even confident in Kimbrell anymore after that home run. I mean, 
that's who do they go to? Joe who do Kelly. they turn to? I mean, honestly, this is something that me and Ryan said during that one episode that you got all frustrated and bent out of shape. I'm not taking credit away from the Red Sox and what they did. And I'm not sitting here and saying that they aren't going to beat the Yankees, that they can't beat the Yankees, that they can't win the World Series, anything. I'm not saying that. But I'll go back to what we were saying in that episode. They are not built for the postseason. A dominant offense is not how you win in the postseason. The Red Sox are scared right now. They needed to take those two games. They know how good the Yankees are at home, especially in the postseason. If the Yankees are winning the World Series this year, it's going to be on their offense. If the Yankees are? Yeah. They're going to outslug whoever they play. That's how they're going to win. Let's look at the games they won, though. Let's look at the games they won. They've only given up. What five runs in those two games? Because they, they got they out early because they hit home runs. That's what I'm saying, though. It, it, they could have scored four runs in the first game and three runs last night and still won. The Yankees' key so far to the postseason is get out early by hit. Basically, if Aaron Judge hits a home run in the first inning, the Yankees are winning the game. That's basically been right the uh, the formula so far. But when the Yankees are getting multiple home runs out of their guys, they're winning. They, they, I mean, it's only three games, small sample size, but that's the formula. That's how the Yankees are going to win because then it allows their starting pitchers to settle in and feel like that they can, you know, make a mistake here or, you know, not have to pitch so tight, which we see sometimes. It's extremely important. It's a, it's extremely important for the Yankees to continue to get out early. The Yankees are a front-running team. They really are. If you really think about it, when they're when they strike first, the home runs come easy for them. But like it was in game 1 when they fell behind 5 nothing. Yeah, they scratched and clawed, but then they have these games where they have the bases loaded, they don't get the big hit. You know, they had bases loaded, nobody out. The only reason why they scored in that inning is because Gardy busted his ass to get down to second base and break up right. a double play. If he doesn't do that, they don't even get a run that inning. Right. So those are those are the ways the Yankees score when they're behind. Like, if they were, I guarantee you, I don't, I don't know what you would want to bet on it or how you could even prove it, but if the Yankees were up 5 nothing in that game and then it was bases loaded, nobody out, somebody's hitting a friggin' grand slam in that inning. Right. It's just the way that they right. are. I agree. So, you know, you get one of these frustrating offensive games out of them because... They were behind, and it just seems like to me that's when they don't score is when they're behind. They have these frustrating offensive outputs when they're behind. Like when they when they jump out ahead, is then it just seems everything just seems to fall into place for them offensively. It's funny though too because that type of loss in the regular season is completely demoralizing as a fan. I just didn't I didn't walk away from that game frustrated. I walked away from that game and I was actually encouraged. I know they could have won and I know they could be up two games to nothing. But again, this is Fenway Park in October with Chris Sale on the mound. Do you expect to win that game? No. Do you Do you want to and should they have? Yes. But the fact that they fought back, they didn't go down 5 nothing or let the game get out of hand 10 nothing, 8 nothing, whatever. They fought back. And they kept you on the edge of your seat by the end of the game. And they continued that into game two. And and they did what they had to do. They took that game. Here's really where game one turned for me is when he pulled Hap. Because 2017, uh, Chad Green doesn't allow the inherited runners to score. Right. 2018, Chad Green allows the inherited runners to right. score. Now, granted, he gave up a single sack fly, and then he was clean the rest of the way. But single and sack fly allowed two more runs to score. Last year, when Girardi put him in the game to bail Severino out of trouble in the wild card game, what did he do? He struck those guys out. And right. Minnesota didn't score anymore. That's a difference where I think people are getting frustrated with Chad Green this year. But overall, he's still really, really good. Right. He's just not on that level that he was at last year where he was getting constant strikeouts when the Yankees needed it. I agree. So, I mean, that is one key turning point of the game. And then you had 
the real, real turning point in the game was in the first inning when Sale was coming out throwing 97. So you knew the Yankees weren't going to really do a lot of damage off him. If he's going to yeah, throw but You ni- know what? They tagged him for a couple runs, and they had him out of the game in what inning? The, the sixth? fifth? No, the fifth, I think. No, he pitched five in the third. Did he? Yeah. So they had him out of the game pretty early. They tagged him for a couple runs, even though I think they were both unher- inherited runs. They were, yeah, they were inherited runners that scored against him. But they them. still tagged him for a couple runs, and, and you expect Jay Happ to go out there and give you five innings, only giving up a few runs, and then guess what? That's a completely different ballgame. Actually, the real, real turning point to me, and I brought this up to you guys a couple of times, was the Benintendi single in the first inning. He got bets out. I believe he struck him out, right? Yeah. And then it was a it was really a routine ground ball. Benintendi goes the other way, but there's nobody standing there because they shift for him. Right. And then for whatever reason, that shook Hap. He didn't come close on four pitches to uh, Pierce, which you were you mentioned this, and I thought it too. Uh, Pierce Pierce did some damage against him and the Yankees, right? Yeah, I mean against the Yankees, of course, but that was Hap. One of those games where he well, he hit the grand slam in that final uh, that Friday start in the last week in his season that I didn't really put much stock into because I think Boone let him out there because it was eight nothing, and right. if it was a uh, you know if that was a closer game, closer game or a game that really meant a lot, it really didn't mean much. But at the end of the day, you you were almost like okay, maybe he's being careful with Pierce. And it just kind of kept carrying over to, to each at-bat. He was falling behind. And then, you know, you can't fall behind no. the J.D. Martinez. And you, I'll tell you what. The type of pitcher J-Hap is, you can't fall behind on anyone. That's just not the kind of pitcher he is. He's the type of pitcher who pounds the strike zone. He, he stays ahead in the count. And he uses his stuff to his advantage throughout the entire at-bat. And when he falls behind, he doesn't have the overpowering stuff to get back ahead Against a lineup like this, they're gonna they're gonna take advantage of him. He's like CC in a certain perspective that he throws a little bit harder, but he can't make mistakes. Right. He doesn't have the velocity to overcome mistakes. He throws like ninety three, ninety four, but that's below average. Right. Like for a major league hitter. Yeah. These guys are geared up to hit like ninety five to ninety seven nowadays, and a lot of them, you know, even ninety eight, ninety nine is not too much for them. As right. We've seen like Judge. Can you know, or we've seen Devers clock a hundred and three mile an hour fastball oppo right. against Chapman. So I mean, like it's not out of, out of the realm of possibility. But these guys are more geared to hit like ninety five, ninety seven. So ninety three, ninety four. That's you know you can't miss with that. You got to be on. Your, you got to hit right. your spots when you're throwing. And that. you know what? You, we walk away from that game. Like I said, they should have won it. They could have won it. They didn't. They showed some heart, and the biggest the biggest part of that was that you wanted that to carry over to game two. You didn't want to see this team get shut down, and then we've seen it time and time again. They just carry it into the next night, and their offense is completely anemic, um, but they didn't let that happen. They came out early in game two, and, and they did what they had to do. We got to talk about Hicksy, too. Uh, going down but he was available last night if they truly needed him um but it was kind of nice seeing guardy in that game last night oh that's that guy right here yeah hey, uh, nice, nice for you to join us buddy gotta mute your mic here how was your day it was nice you're good you're hot um a lot we, of traffic we were just kind of we were talking about uh you know, game one, the frustrations, they could have won, they should have won, so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, you know, they showed some heart and they carried it into game two, which was nice. Hixie went down, but Guardy had a huge, if anyone's my sleeper superstar for game two, it's Gardner. Those at-bats he had, the way he ran the bases, he really made a lot happen. I think he had a full count in every one of his at-bats except for one of them, his last one. Maybe. You see that many pitches. Yeah. I think we're past the point of expecting Gardner to get a big hit. I just think he's at that point in his career. But to have him in the lineup ninth to, you know, see five, six, seven pitches in that bat, knowing that you're going to turn it over to McCutcheon and Judge. Sure. 
And McCutcheon, another guy who's going to probably see six, seven pitches in an at-bat. Or if you see him less than that, most most likely he's he's taking a walk. Um, Did you guys see the Brewers? Hit. The Brewers just swept Did they? the Rockies. Yeah, they won. Kratz. Big, uh, big series for Kratz. And uh, the Yankees just gave him away. Gave him away. Now we got shit. Shit, Gary Sanchez behind the he plate. He got interviewed during the post game. That's when you know. That, that's, wow. that's hero status yeah. right there. So let, let's say this. How good, let's not even talk about offensively just yet. How good has Gary Sanchez been behind the plate defensively? I mean, did you see this coming? How good has he been? He's been, he's been really good. I mean, you can't take anything away from him behind there, but I don't want to talk too much about it i just want to let this ride oh right not really right you don't want to put it out there i did say he would have a monster game the other night by the way and uh he did so kudos to me i tweeted this out last night a lot of people seem to enjoy this tweet but i said that gary sanchez could (laughs) literally be dead step out of his casket right into the box and hit a home run off of david price probably I think and, a lot of Yankees could at this point. It's and now, what is G- Gary Sanchez? I now believe he's seven for fourteen in his career against David Price six with six home runs. Holy kind of slugging percentage, <laughs> pretty high. I can't calculate that. Oh man! I mean, if you are a pitcher and a guy is seven for fourteen off you with six dings, why are you throwing him? What anything? do you? What do you do? <sighs> You can, it's hard pitching around guys in this lineup because the guys right behind them and you know are just what though, as good. You know, not to discredit myself, but it was easy to say that Gary was going to have a monster game with those kind of numbers against Price. But he came up and and that that bullshit with uh, what's his name Brazier Brazier yeah get back in the fucking box blah blah. You wanted Gary. There was never a moment more in. in in his career, that you wanted him to put a ball five hundred yeah, feet that over at the bat. wall. Oh, just wait. He waited one at bat to hit mm-hmm. one five hundred feet, and he just swung like he wanted to crush that ball. Struck out, but you know what? He came up when it mattered. That was a bomb. Oh my was god! Four seventy nine. Four seventy nine. Oh my god! So oh, now David Price told Alex Cora <laughs> he doesn't want <laughs> he doesn't want to start anymore. He wants. <laughs> No. I'm, I'm laughing here because it's funny. He told Alex Corey that he wants to be available out of the bullpen in Game 3. <laughs> Please. Yes. Please do us, be. Do us all that favor. Please be available. He might have to be. Oh, Ooh, what a... Man, look, I mean, I don't know where you, where you want to take this show right now, but... I mean, for me, what I took out of these two games was... That we're, we're facing a team that has 108 wins in the regular season, but has Eduardo Nunez playing third base for for a defensive re- replacement. Mm-hmm. We know more than anyone how how asinine of a statement that is. Eduardo again, Nunez is not an is not a defensive player. But again, last night sixth inning, he Andujar's out of the game. Mm-hmm. It, look, we saw the formula. They're ahead. By the fifth or sixth, Andujar is coming out of the game. And I'm absolutely fine with that. And I noticed this last night, and it's such an important thing that maybe not enough people pick up on. Every throw Echeverria makes hits Voight right in the chest. Yeah, and you know what? Even on a even on a quick runner, you see the confidence in Echeverria. You see him take his time. He's, he's just fluid in fluid motion right to first. Every single time. It's a great signing. Great I'm not up. saying that uh, Luke Voigt is a wooden block over there, but he's also not Don Mattingly over there. Well, no, you're seeing him get replaced, too, at first base. So you gotta, you got to make By it... By a guy as, who's not really a first baseman. <laughs> you got to make it as easy as possible on Luke Voigt. You, so Etch hits him in the chest every time he throws across the diamond. Even on a good Andujar throw... Voight's got to bend down and get I'll tell it. you what, this is going to sound stupid, but if the Yankees win tomorrow night, I would not be shocked to see Hetcheverria playing third base all night on Tuesday. I really wouldn't. He, You know, bat him eighth, bat him ninth. No, that does sound stupid. I really, I, I honestly, 
it, it's worth it to me. I can't lose that game Tuesday because of because of bad play at third. He won't do that to Andujar. And but you know what? Andujar really hasn't been that bad. He's a liability. You hold your yeah. breath right, every time. Is. Right. But maybe that leash is a little bit shorter if it's a game that... How much short? He's pulling him after five innings. How much shorter does it need to be? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I so don't know. we, I know people were like, uh, oh, well, that's because he just... So, yeah, maybe if he was coming up in the sixth, Boone lets him bat. Mm-hmm. But he's... I'm telling you, fifth inning, five and five for Andujar. The Yankees are up after five, and Andujar is not going to be due up that next inning. He's out of the game. Yeah, Boone. I'm telling you, it's only been only three games. You don't want to like, you know, make any grand proclamations or uh, sign a guy's postseason career after three games. But Aaron Boone, for everything everybody complained about him during the regular season, he has done pretty much everything correctly in these first three games. And I, I don't think you can like the only thing that I would nitpick a little bit was like I said in the first in the wild card game is not that he even went to Severino in the fifth, is that he let him pitch to a second batter in the fifth inning. Mm-hmm. And that's really being nitpicky. Yeah. And maybe that after or last night, maybe after Batances gives up the double to who was it, Kinsler that scored the run. Yes. Maybe go get him. But other than that Boone's really had an outstanding three games. And I'll say this, too, and I thought this last night. We all got on Boone for his bullpen management throughout the season. And our one justification for him was we saw this bullpen tire by October last year. And throughout the year, he tried to squeeze as many outs as he could from guys that maybe he shouldn't have. But guess what? It still resulted in 100 wins for this team. They still, even if they won 107 games, they would still be in the same spot they are now. That's crazy. And this bullpen (laughs) looks as fresh as they ever have because they weren't overworked this year. His main guys weren't overworked because he tried to get those extra outs out of A.J. Cole or Tommy Canely or anyone like that. David Robertson scared me at the end of the year. I know he's been you know, hit hard, but he's getting out. These guys look good. This bullpen has been phenomenal. That's what I didn't understand about fans that were like, oh, Aaron, I can't wait to see Aaron Boone manage the bullpen in the wild card game. AJ Cole wasn't even on the roster. Right. Like, y- you have to understand that the regular season and the postseason are two different things. You're managing for tomorrow right. in the in the regular season. You're not managing for tomorrow in the postseason. So, I agree. If you're managing for tomorrow in the postseason, then you're managing to lose, basically. Aaron Boone has not managed to lose any of these games. I mean, he managed, I guess he managed to lose one, but you understand what I'm and saying. And you know what, too? It's so tough out of the two games the Yankees won. They got really good starting pitching out of Tanaka and Sevi. It's so difficult to sit here now, nowadays and say they were dominant because they just don't throw enough innings to say that in the postseason anymore, but... Here's my goal. Here's my goal as a, as a starting pitcher. I don't care how many innings I throw. Just don't let my team get behind. Don't give up. Don't give up runs. Teams are ten and one in the postseason this year when they score first. Look how important that is. There's there is a true pressure um, that that comes over a team that goes down early in a postseason game. Well, I guess Milwaukee won on the road today, right? Yeah. And the Yankees were the first, first road team yeah, to right. win a postseason game mm-hmm. this year. Right. And the only loss after having a lead was the Cleveland Which Indians. They were winning one nothing. Kind of isn't true, no? What? What? Oh, Milwaukee was home in that. I'm thinking of the uh, play-in games. Nah, yeah, they don't, don't count, count as postseason games. They're, they, but didn't those the Cubs stats- lose at home? The Cubs uh, did. Oh, in the I'm divisions. talking about I'm the sorry. divisional in series. The divisional series. Yeah, right. no, the Cubs did lose at home because they suck. Back-to-back games. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel good. I think, yeah, I mean, you I can't think, not feel good. I think the Red Sox are going to press. I am worried though. I do think that Rick Porcello is a big game pitcher. I think he's going to he come is. out and he's going to pitch a great game for Boston. Yeah, but tomorrow. when? Tomorrow. No, he's not pitching tomorrow. He's pitching game four. 
What? Yeah. Evaldi Staunton. I saw you tweeted something. I checked my phone to see if they changed the starters just on my app or whatever, and it said Porcello still. Evaldi's pitching tomorrow. Oh my Evaldi. god, that is so stupid. <laughs> this series is over. It's over. Uh, listen, I'm not going to put that stamp no, on I it, will. but I will. I'm totally confident now that I can't believe they're going to not go with Porcello. But what tomorrow. if? But look, this is what we got to worry about. If the Yankees get Evaldi out in the second inning, David Price is coming into the game. I'm oh, worried. True. I'm worried. The it's, only thing that worries me with Evaldi at home. is when he's on, he gets uh, guys out really quick, and it keeps his pitch count down. So he could eat up innings tomorrow. I think they're they're looking for lightning in a bottle here tomorrow yeah, night. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're trying to to steal a win. Don't you feel like that's managing ahead almost? Are they giving Porcello extra rest? I said he didn't that. Pitch that he only pitched two outs, right? And one, that, I think one, one inning. I, I inning said because Kimbrel came in that here. Game. You want to know what I truly yeah, he pitched the eighth, he, but that was it. I mean, yeah. he didn't really tax him too you much. You want to know what I truly think? I truly think that. They're going to start the game with Evaldi and hope that he can give them three, four, five innings of good baseball. I think they're just. Hope, I hope. I think. They, but I thinking? think. But I truly think if he's in trouble early, they're going to go to Porcello tomorrow night, and I think that Chris Sale is going to come back game four in short rest. Here's what they were thinking: that last time Evaldi faced the Yankees, he pitched eight scoreless innings against. Them. That was also when he was pitching really well this year, and then he fucking collapsed. Yes, who was else? that at Fenway? Too? Yes, who else wasn't in? In that play, uh, Judge, Judge, Judge D, I believe Didi wasn't in the game. I know Sanchez definitely didn't play in that game. Uh, they should, I had the lineup out. I can't find it now, but Yankees, Judge and Sanchez definitely were not in that game. Didi might not have played that game. And somebody else might not even have been in, in the lineup for I that game. I think that was the game they sat Didi, and I was pissed off because other guys weren't weren't healthy. No, wasn't Didi on the DL at that Maybe. point? I don't look, look. I don't know. All I know is that he was not facing the same Yankee team that he's going to face tomorrow night. Do you maybe start Walker in Game Three over Andujar? Um, no. I wouldn't. Um, no. I, like I said, the only time I'd ever start anyone over Andujar is if you're either in an elimination game or or you're going to win it all. I'm not even in Game Four. I'm not even saying that because of. Andujar's play in this postseason at all. I'm just saying Walker having a lefty in there. Some <sighs> pop against Evaldi. But. You know what? That's another person we got to talk about. Luke Voigt taking over for Dude. for the lefty Greg Bird. How, how good is this guy? He's hitting third in the lineup in the playoffs. He's not even supposed to be on this team. And he's seeing pitch it. Like he, he has great at-bats. Chase and Shreve has like how many RBIs right now? Six? Who? In a few games. Chasing Shreve? No, I'm saying Chasing Shreve turned oh, into yeah. Luke Voigt and has how many RBIs for this team and big hits right now. It's, it's unbelievable. It's truly unbelievable. But to further my point from, from before, when I was saying that Eduardo Nunez is their defensive, mm-hmm. you know, Adjustment. He's their better for, option over Devers. Right. All right, here was the Yankees lineup uh, August 4th when Avoldi pitched uh, eight innings of scoreless ball. Six pitches, I think. And that was actually that was Chance Adams' major league debut. Yeah, he, didn't, exactly. he actually didn't play, pitch that badly. But here it was. It was Gardy, uh, Stanton, Didi, Hicks, Glaber, Bird, uh, Andujar, Romine, and Shane Robinson. The, that was the <laughs> Yankee lineup that day. So a third of that lineup. Consisted of Greg Bird, Austin Romine, and Shane Robinson. So tomorrow he's most likely going to be looking at McCutcheon, Judge, Hicks, Stanton, Voigt, uh, where are we? Gary, Andujar, Glaber, and uh, Didi. And Didi. So unreal. So that's a little bit different than he. He just doesn't. Just a tad. Just a tad. Any fucking lineup that has Shane Robinson in it alone. Guess who has more postseason RBIs than uh, Mookie Betts it. does. Well, Andy he Pettit probably does. does. He yes. Does. Who? does Andy Pettit have one postseason RBI? Yes. Then he has more postseason <laughs> RBIs than Mookie Betts. Everyone has. But do you know specifically who I'm talking about? I'm going to have to say Shane Robinson. Sugar Shane. Oh, <laughs> Should have. 
I think he has. He might have seven career postseason RBIs. Okay. He was at for St. Louis. He had. He was actually kind of a regular player for them. Wow. He can take them and sleep on them. He had an NLCS home run. He has an. I'm L- not going to talk anything bad about Mookie yet. After the series is over, I'll rip him apart. But I mean, that game was pathetic. How do you go out and have an over? I kind of lost my mind a little bit yesterday on Twitter when I saw somebody who works for SNY tweet that uh, Mookie Betts is on a different planet yes. than Aaron Judge. Yes. Uh, that's kind of embarrassing, if you ask me. If somebody uh, that professionally covers baseball on a major New York network who has – who you know, and fans look for the blue check mark because they think the blue check mark means that your opinion means more than other people's. To say something so irresponsibly wrong is beyond me. I I would not I would actually not argue with anybody if you walked in here right now and said Mookie Betts is a better player than Aaron Judge. I would say you know, that's we could make that this we could argue that, but maybe you're right. Right. But to say that he's on a different planet then Aaron Judge means one of two things to me. That either A, Mookie Betts is better than anybody who's ever played Major League Baseball. Right. Or Aaron Judge just isn't that good. Or C, you're just a troll looking for attention. When we talk about it all the time, when we talk about Aaron Hicks, Aaron Hicks is probably the second best center fielder in the American League, right? Right. But the gap between him and Mike Trout is so big right. that Mike Trout is on a different <coughs> planet than him, right? So you're telling me, if we're going to use that same level of comparison, that Mookie the Betts gap that between better, Betts right? and Judge is the same as Hicks and Trout? You're just a fucking idiot if you make that statement. That's what it comes down to. Simply. Didn't he hit 254 last year? Who? Mookie Betts? I don't remember what he hit. <laughs> So I just wanted to get through my point real quick about the Red Sox. I'm not discrediting them in any way. But I just want to give myself and Ryan here a little bit of credit for that one episode. Mm-hmm. Because this is exactly what we talked about. They have This is what we were trying to say right. when we weren't scared of right. the Red Sox. And I'm again not saying that the Red Sox can't come out and dominate the next two games Don't wake and it's up over. This ghost. Don't I'm not it. waking up any ghosts. I am not discrediting them. I am just making a statement and pointing out facts that what what we were trying to say was, after Chris Sale, are they confident in their starting pitching? No. After the starting pitchers out of the game, are they confident in their bullpen? No. They have a catcher who is absolutely phenomenal behind the plate. I got to give it to him, man. Really if it pitch. wasn't for Leon, they they do not win that game. That game one. Nah, no, they don't. I'm telling no, you right now, right. they don't. He blocked. They do not wins. win that game. He was that good. Okay. But now you have Eduardo Nunez playing because he's the better defensive option. So now defensively, you're scared. You're sacrificing offensively because of it. Your starting pitchers after Chris Sale are just a toss up. Your bullpen, you have no idea who you're going to and who you're confident in. This is why the Yankees are a more complete team, and they're a scarier team. Now, that offense that the Red Sox have is explosive. But can that carry them through the postseason? I don't think so. See, the thing is, they can definitely still win this series, obviously, but they still have to win eight games after this series. Right. I I could see them winning this series, sure, but... I cannot see this Red Sox team winning a World Series. No. They're going to be completely out of energy by, is, by Game 7 of the And this ALCS. is what we talked about in the last episode. Yeah, the Red Sox, offensively, they're really good. They might have the two best offensive players in this series. In One Betts, of them being on a different planet. In, in Betts and Martinez. But they don't have the bottom of the lineup that the Yankees have. Oh, man. I mean, Jesus. You, you have Gary at the bottom of the lineup hitting three-run homers. Jesus Christ, how do you get an out? Glaber's got to be better. Glaber's got to have better at-bats. But other than him, I mean, who can you really get on? John Carl Stanton. Oh, Jesus Christ. But at least he has a couple, you know, base hits. But he's got to come through in those bigger spots, man. I just hate when he's down 0-2 every at-bat. He's in a bad spot right now. And I really thought he was going to have a big series because he killed Boston all year long. He's killed lefties all year long. 
I just <coughs> thought he was going to have a big series, man. And it just has it. For, it hasn't clicked for him. And if you watch him, he's fucking out. I mean, his ass is in the dugout when he swings. Like, watch his. Look, and he's like shaking his feet, like he's, he can't keep still. It seems. I'm not gonna tell you to to stare at another man's butt all day, but watch where his ass goes when he swings. He pops out. Yeah, I mean, how you can't drive the ball like that. No, no, and 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 he presses in big spots, and that can't happen. And I've said it a hundred times. I tweet it all the time. He is Alex Rodriguez 2.0. Okay, there's no other way to describe it. He, Alex Rodriguez, came here to Derek Jeter's team, the homegrown golden boy, right? High-priced, coming off, uh, record break. Both had record-breaking contracts when they switched got, to a different position. When they got, when they came over here, coming off MVP level. See, uh, A Rod won the MVP in two thousand three. Yeah. So they both came here after MVP seasons, were traded for really good second baseman. <laughs> Both on steroids. Let's not start that rumor. <laughs> just kidding. And the fans just expected the the world from them. And the second they don't produce, boo, 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 boo. But then the second they get a big hit, he's a hero. Current call. Oh, can't get my current call. Our next manager. But let's give Stanton a little credit where it's due. He did lead this team in run production this year. He did step up when they needed him. That team could have f- fallen on their faces in in that stretch when Judge went out, and they could have lost the the wild card spot, and they mm-hmm. didn't because Stanton did step up. But now that's behind us. Just like Gary Sanchez's shitty offensive seasons behind us, so are Stanton's regular season numbers, and it's time to step up and produce. He does have a few hits, one being a home run, but I needed to come in the big spot. I need him to break up open a game. I need a sack fly. Like, bases loaded, nobody out. I need a sack fly right there. Because one thing you can say about the Yankees this postseason so far, they're getting a lot of guys on base. A lot. It's no different. The, these three games have really been no different than any of the 162 games they played before. I'm going to disagree in, in one sense, though. There's been times where the Yankees have fallen behind and then they just completely shut down. This team over these three games, even when they've fallen behind the other night, they didn't shut down. And when they've been on top, they've shut down also. We've seen the Yankees, especially over the last couple months, score two, three runs in the first inning and not score the rest of the game. But even in this those team games has been where tacking on. Even in those games where they don't score a lot, they still get runners on. They don't get, but they don't, and then they don't get the big hit. They were like we said it before Ryan got here. They were lucky to score those three runs. They really were. Yeah, well, he was down as what was it two two count there, two one count. Yeah, two outs. Bases loaded, nobody out. You only get one run. I think run it might because, even been 3-1, man. Because Gardner breaks up the double play. And if Hicks doesn't get hurt, that run probably doesn't even score because Hicks, you know, you don't know if Hicks is uh, going in as hard as Gardner does. Right. <laughs> I know. So, I mean, you know, you got to get, you got to, you got to drive in those runs. You're going to, I'm telling you, the Yankees can win this series by. It almost in spite of themselves and not coming through in those spots. But I'm telling you right now, you're not going to do that and expect to beat the Houston. I don't want to look too far ahead. I'm just saying this one little right, thing. Right, right. You cannot expect that to happen again and win against the Houston Astros. Let me ask you this. Are you – this is a look-ahead question. So do you have anything else you want to – that you guys wanted to touch on over the first couple games? Because I have, I have a little look-ahead question for you. You good? Yeah. Good. Um, tomorrow night, we've been saying every single game, the Yankees have to come out early and score first. Are you, if the Red Sox come out and score two runs in the first couple innings and the Yankees are down 2 nothing, are you still as worried as you were those games before? Or do you feel like because they're home, because you don't know what you're going to get out of Evaldi and this bullpen, that it's not the end of the world if the Red Sox come out ahead uh, that's a real tough question because if the if the yankees get nicked for a couple that means sevy's not on his game tomorrow and you need sevy to be on his game tomorrow you need him out there throwing smoke even if it's for four or five innings shut yeah. down the red Sox. my question my answer kind of goes both ways where you want to keep the pressure on boston right they're feeling it i'm telling you right now they could say what they want they're feeling the pressure they know if they go behind 
in this game tomorrow night that there's a good chance they're looking at an elimination game in, in the Bronx. And they don't want that. That's the last thing they want. However, being home, being that this offense is, is really clicking right now, I don't think it's the end-all be-all if that does happen. But you do want to keep the pressure on this team. You want to keep demoralizing them each and every inning. You want to shut them down offensively, and then you want to go out there and tack on runs. Plain and simple. This team was able to cut down a 5 nothing lead to 5-4 against Chris Sale. I, I, I wouldn't care what the score is. If of all these pitching, dude, I'm telling you, man. That is such a bad decision for the Red Sox starting Evaldi. I just I don't get it. Them in the ass. I really don't get it. Why aren't they pitching Porcello tomorrow? It doesn't. It still just doesn't add up to me. I he threw a bullpen basically, right? Like that's how bullpen. I would assume. Yeah, I I guess that's what you could look at it. I I personally think that my theory is correct. If Evaldi, they're going to try and get some length out of Evaldi, and if they can't, they're not going to go to David Price. They're going to go to Rick Porcello. They they made it known the other day that, that they were still going to start him game three, but he was going to be available if they needed him the other night, last night. So I personally think if the, if the opportunity presents itself, they're going to have to go to Porcello. And then they're, it's just going to be a toss-up for Game Four. You can say that they can, they're going to go to sale on short rest, but can they go to sale on short rest? They're going to have to yeah. try if if they lose tomorrow night. I think they're taking a big gamble tomorrow night with with Evaldi. I really do. It, but is Sale able to go on short rest? <sighs> what do you mean, man? It, it's the postseason. Could he get hurt because of it? Yeah. Yeah, that's a you're risk. You're not going to risk a guy's career for. I, I know it's uh, you're going to say it's supposed to. You're not going to risk a guy's career over it. I think he threw about 93 pitches in five innings, five and a third. I was actually. And this sh- is a guy with shoulder issues. You're not going to if he's not. I mean, you can't do that to him. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to take the side of the Red Sox on this one. If he's, you can't be like it's the it's the playoffs. You got to go, man. So then, so then, if that's truly the case, and that's what they're thinking, then. I guess if they do knock knock Evaldi out early, we might see David Price. I know. That's what I'm thinking. How do you how, do they how do you justify that? You justify the only, it by not having any The only option. way I could see David Price coming into this game is if Evaldi doesn't give him any length. So that means the Yankees are most likely have a lead in this game. Right. Because you're hoping if they knock Evaldi out after two, three innings that Severino hasn't been that as bad. As Evaldi has. Right, you're hoping. You're hoping. So you mean to tell me, in this big swing game, after he just got bombed two days ago, you're going to trust David Price in Yankee Stadium to not completely ruin this game? You can't. You just can't. I'm sorry. You can't. If you're the Boston Red Sox, you got to go to anyone else but David Price. I definitely wouldn't be as confident right now if Stephen Wright was healthy. No, that's I, like listen, the, that's the I agree. piece for this bullpen. And if I mean, the Red Sox... It, it doesn't guarantee anything, but it, it helps. To your point before about this team moving forward, if they do beat the Yankees, they can't use him in the ALCS no. either. So so at that point in a seven-game series, you're really taxing a lot of arms that you're just not confident in. that haven't given you length so far. I, I just, games, again, but... I'll go back to what we said. I'm not discrediting the Red Sox. I don't. I'm not saying that they can't win everything or beat the Yankees, but they are just showing that they are vulnerable. The only reason why I didn't want to get into that conversation with you is because their main flaw was their bullpen. And the difference between them and Houston last year is that Boston actually has a really, really good closer, whereas Houston did. He had freaking Ken Giles, for Christ's sake. He wasn't good. So... And Houston won a World Series with a terrible, probably worse bullpen, but they got creative, and they used their starters in those roles. And who was a coach on that team? Watching, learning. Alex Cora. And that's exactly what Alex Cora is going to try and do. That's why he went to Porcello the other night. That's why he might go to Porcello again tomorrow night if he has to, or David Price. He doesn't trust his bullpen. He's going to try and bridge those gaps with starters. I'm sorry, but if you go to Rick Porcello tomorrow night, why not just start him then at that point and let the game be in his hands? Because they're going to trust. They're they're, they're taking a gamble, and they're going to try and get some success out of Evaldi and some length. 
terrible decision. I thought of all, to me the whole time of all the should have been in the bullpen for one two innings yeah. of him and just throw because he can throw ninety eight ninety nine to just count on him to maybe two three times in a series just come in for an inning or two and just throw smoke. I mean that would have been my the way I would have went with it. I thought it that would it would have been just like Luis Severino coming out of the bullpen the, that year, a couple years ago. The guy throws a hundred when he starts, you know. Went to have full, you know, full gas over a couple innings. He was effective, and Evaldi could be the same exact way. Maybe they're just thinking of it as Evaldi as an opener tomorrow. Maybe, but maybe then, they just but want then to. Who are your yeah, other pieces, right? like though? That that's the thing. Evaldi been used so much already. But maybe that's his plan: two innings Evaldi, two innings Price. I mean. Hopefully you're only having to fill it. in four more innings after that point. <laughs> I mean, I could see it. I mean, from the Yankee perspective, you know, you only want them. Is to tomorrow fill in. night a, a must win for the New York Yankees? Yes. No. I say no. I say yes. Is it a must win for the Boston Red Sox? Absolutely. It's a must win for both Absolutely. teams. Absolutely. I disagree. I having that second game in New York, I don't think it's a must win. I really don't. And the Yankees have proven that they can win a game. In Fenway Park. That's great. I don't want to have any more of these. I didn't ask if you wanted to have anything. I was asking if it was a must win. It is a must win because if you let me articulate my point, I'm going to tell you why. I don't want to have any more of these winner take, uh, have my back against the wall type games. Okay. I'm, especially right now, we just played the wild card game. If I'm Aaron Boone, I'm going 125% to win this game tomorrow. Put all the pressure on Boston because, man, they're going to be trying to move a mountain in game four if they lose tomorrow. I'm telling you right now, just to to your point, to validate your point, if Severino gives up two runs early, he's coming out of this game. That's I, how short of a leash you have I'm to have. I'm not playing any game. If I'm Aaron Boone, I'm not playing any games no. tomorrow. You you mix and match. You go to your bullpen, guys. I don't care. Seve gives up two runs within the first couple innings. He's gone. He's gone because we've seen, A, where Seve can spiral out of control, and, B, we've seen where this offense can can keep, you know, demoralizing pitchers. We've seen it. If he gives up a couple runs, you got to go to someone fresh. Plain and simple. Because even tomorrow – it's it's not a. I think the Yankees would be in better shape if they lost than the Red Sox would. But why it's a must win is because the Yankees are set up. Their pitching is set up because then they can go to CC, arrest at CC tomorrow, and then they have happen Game Five. The Red Sox don't even really. They they can say they're going to Porcello if they even if they lose. But you want to you want to put that thought in Alex Cora's head where he's like. You know, can I can I lose? Can I get eliminated with Chris Sale on the bench? Can I? Right. You know. You want to put – this is a 108-win team. This is a team that had the most wins in the history of that franchise. That franchise has been around for 115, 20 years or whatever the hell it is at this point. Yeah. You want to put all that pressure on them in game four. You don't want to play any games think with anything tomorrow. I'm sorry. I agree. I agree. I still don't think it's a must win, but I agreed to all your points. Um, and I don't want to put that type of pr- and, and what I mean and just to finish, I don't want to put that type of pressure on my team in Game Four where they know they have to win just to get on a plane to play another game. I want to put that pressure on Boston. In game I agree. Four. What I meant by must win was if they lose tomorrow night, are they losing Game Four? I think not. I don't want to even question it. I would much rather, obviously, they go out and dominate tomorrow, but. Um, I'm not sitting there, you know, saying the season's over if they lose tomorrow night. That's all. But they got to go out and they got to they got to keep the pressure on. That's the only way you're going to truly beat this team. Just keep the pressure. Keep the pressure. Keep. If you're not going to score in the first inning, have some good at bats. Get a couple guys on. Keep the Yankees had a chance to win Game One. Because they made Sale throw 24 pitches in the first inning. Right. That was so important. That was so key. Keep keep that same approach. So the little update we have on Aaron Hicks, uh, according to Aaron Boone, is that he is hopeful Hicks can play tomorrow. But in case that he's not available, they're going to go with Guardy again out in the outfield. And... Uh, they're not going to make any roster moves because they are 
almost 100% confident Hicks will be ready to go in game four. Right. Because now you're looking at it like, again, you don't, that's the thing with the playoffs. You don't want to take guys off the roster because they're not available for the next series. Right. Which I think is stupid, but. No, I th- I thought it was originally too, but then I realized why that's a thing. Now, what if in game like six or something, your starter, you could fake an injury. Right, that's pull true. Pull him and then you that's have an true. extra arm for the seventh game. That's yeah. true. And so you need some sort I agree. of insurance policy. That a boy. I like that. Thanks. Anything else? Any... No man, I'm I'm so happy that of all these pitching tomorrow. Like I didn't feel that co- like I felt confident that they could win tomorrow, but I I had a feeling Porcello was going to be able to shut them down. Porcello gives them a much better chance innings. to win that game tomorrow night. They there's I'm, I think they're making I'm a more I'm move. actually more confident that they win tomorrow than I was that they were going to win yesterday. And I was pretty damn confident. <laughs> yeah. Anything from you? Any encouraging words? What do you want me to say? I'm I'm just asking. You always ask us. I'm trying to ask you. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about tomorrow. That first inning is going to be really important against Evaldi. Try making him work in that first inning and not have that like a quick one, two, three inning. Yeah, that's you know that's every inning. Yeah. At this, I point. don't know. I don't know if you can shake Nathan Evaldi, but the Yankee that he's going to be oh, that crowd. So I mean, you just got to get that crowd in the game in the first inning, and he's you know how you do that. Place. You know how you do that when Sevy goes out there and throws a one, two, three inning on eleven pitches. That's yep. how that's like the wild card. That game. crowd is going to be going friggin' berserk. This, this game, this game's momentum is all on Luis Severino in the first inning. Mm-hmm. Go out there and dominate, just like you just said. I agree. This is episode seventy-five. Yeah. Got any guesses? Nope. I don't. Gary Sanchez? Ron Ballon? Nick Rumbelo? Wait, I do know somebody who wore 75. Yeah, you, yeah, you do? Tanning Sturts? Because nobody, no one, nobody. in the history of the I New York Yankees it. has worn number 75. Till today. We wow. are three quarters of the way to 100. We should work. It. We should work something up for a hundred. I don't. Know. I don't know if we should. I want to do. I want to do a nice big thing, but I don't know what we should we do. Will. We'll we will. figure it out. We'll get it. Um. So, hopefully, uh, we're gonna we got to do a pod Wednesday because that's a day off. Mm-hmm. Unless the Yankees wrap it up, then maybe we could push it back a day. Yeah, I want to go right away. Right away. Right away. Actually, let's let's be honest with ourselves here. It might be a late night Tuesday, but if they win, I want something out first thing Wednesday morning. Sorry. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. You know? Right. Got it. Very happy. Got it. Part of, part, of, part of being successful here. You got to get it right out to the people. They're going to want to hear it first thing Wednesday morning. You know? The New York Yankees. Did you guys see Judge playing New York, New York? Past the Red Sox clubhouse. Yeah, that was great. That was awesome. Yeah, I think people made a little bit too big of a deal out of it. It was a playful rivalry uh, jab. It was nothing. Oh yeah, but Brazier could tell Sanchez to get the fuck back in the box. Though that's okay. He's a complete good for the rivalry. A complete nobody. He's a fucking loser. That's what he is. Yeah, you did you notice like before he before he freaked out, he was like he was getting. Fed up with Sanchez, and then he finally lost it once. He Sanchez out does good. that, though. I love that. Good, yeah. Do it all. Do it until the Sanchez is a guy. That I would have stepped out again. That's what I tweeted. I was like, "You don't fucking call the shots, man. Yeah, you're not an umpire. You don't call the shots. The umpire does. If I was the umpire, I would actually would have been pissed off that Brazier did that. Just Fuck him. But here's one last thing I got to say. One last thing. I realized this last night. When the fuck is Angel Hernandez? Scheduled to be the behind the plate umpire. Please don't tell me tomorrow night. Is he on this crew? Yes. Ugh. Oh, the the worst umpire in in Major League Baseball history. Where was he? Who hates the Yankees? Was he a third base umpire on Friday? I think he was. Or Saturday or last night? I think he was. Because if he is, then he's going to home. Yeah. Tomorrow. Once the I, robot get it, they should do that. They should just put a robot just on the ground right like in. maybe once every yeah. year series. All right, before we wrap up here, uh, I had a request, and I'm not taking these from anybody. If anybody going to start tweeting saying, oh, give me a shout-out me. This is because we reference him on the show all the time. He's like the OG 
original and still probably our number one supporter, Patrick. Patrick. Hey, fellas. Um, Hello, fellas. This is a pretty crazy story when you think about it, and I just want to share it. He asked me to share it, and I, I, I honestly, I want to do. Never in my wildest dreams in doing this, of all the things that we've done or could do, that we actually played a role in getting two people We're together. We're like matchmakers. We're like the matchmaker Yankee podcast. And it's not even like... Two Yankee fans that might be like a borough away or even a state away. Mm-hmm. Patrick met a woman Countries. that lives. If you don't know, Patrick lives in Ireland. Hey, fellas. And he met a woman that lives. I believe she's now in, resides in Virginia. But it's amazing that they were a. They he wanted me to share this, and the the lady's name is. And I'm sorry if I butcher your name. Alejandrina, Al- I'm sorry if I butchered Alex. That. We'll just we'll just say Alejandria. Her, Alejandria. Alejandria. Uh, if, I'm sorry if I butchered your name, but we'll just her, her Twitter handle is y y n k chinita, which you know Yankee chinita. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> These two started talking to each other from in, the bottom. Because of her podcast, and now they're actually like... Now we hear. Yes, they are a couple now. And it's a, it's amazing that our podcast brought these two people from different continents together where they're actually oh. spending the weekend together watching the American League Division Series together That's in Ireland. Love. That's true love. And just to be, the, I guess the catalyst for that is pretty amazing. So Patrick and uh, Alejandria, big shout out to you guys. Hope this really works out for the you. The OG. The OG Patrick. Yeah, that's awesome. Patrick. And if this goes the distance, don't invite me because I don't do weddings anymore. <laughs> I don't know, though. I'm not going to be a Come location. on, destination wedding destination, for us. I couldn't think of it. No, they have to get married in America. Oh, okay. That's just the rule. Yeah, because I'm not getting on a plane. We'll, t- we'll drive, we'll boat, we'll ferry. I'm def- I would rather get on a plane than take a friggin' ferry from... An- We'll get one of those Cessnas. Ferris Island. I'll get my pilot license, and we'll get one of those Cessnas. Right. I'll, I'll fly us. How's that feel? I don't like flying at all, and I'm going to let you fly me across the Atlantic Ocean. I saw a fucking hot air balloon today, like people were about to take off, and I almost crashed my car. I would rather literally yeah, just risky. stab myself in the chest than get on a hot air balloon. Hmm. Literally. So next pot will be out after game four. We'll figure it out. All right. And uh, so, Sevi and Avaldi for in, in game three. Quick prediction, stack guy, Rye? 8-1, uh, 8-3 eight, eight, Yankees. Okay. Me? Chris? Wow. 5-2. Five, 5-3. Five, 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 three. Five, three, Yankees. I like 5-2. I like 5-2. I, like I know. I know you do. You did? You knew I would like that? I did. All right. you, Nathan Evaldi will be out of the game by the. I think fourth. Nathan Evaldi gives up the runs, and I think the Boston bullpen actually does its job. But I think they do take advantage of Evaldi tomorrow night. They ha- they they're gonna. He this has to be his first postseason start. He's making it at Yankee Stadium with his team tied up. It's it's not going to go well for Nathan Evaldi, man. You this is such a bad decision. If you're I, and if I'm wrong, I'll I'll come out and say, uh, yeah. I'm, just, you know, I'm, I'm making shit up. This is a terrible, terrible decision by Alex Cora. If I you're think. Alex Cora, what's your limit for runs allowed for Nathan Voldy tomorrow? Two. Three. Two or three. And if he gives that up in the first two or three innings, is, David, is David Price the first guy out of your bullpen? I think I... How many... Uh, I how, just how can't justify did, how many that. How pitches did Eduardo Rodriguez throw No, nah, he's... Forget Eduardo Rodriguez. He sucks against the Yankees. He's oh, almost man. as bad as David Price is against the Yankees. You know, the, this Yankee lineup, I think we talked about this when before the season started, how it's right-handed heavy and how that was going to play a major factor against guys like Chris Sale and, and, and David Price. Now you throw in Eduardo Rodriguez, they have no options. Lefty, yeah. lefty options. They yeah. don't have anybody. I think just real quick. I think they showed the stat in like his last sixteen innings. This is Rodriguez. His last sixteen innings against the Yankees, he had something like fourteen walks and twelve runs allowed. Right yeah. Now. So, so, 
Not too good of an option really either. An option tomorrow. No, I know. It's just what there and it didn't really options. work out for him yesterday because he was the guy. Sanchez hit that the four hundred seventy nine foot home run, and he of. knew it the second he released. I the would ball. honestly, I'd consider going Kimbrel. Or I don't care if he closes or not. I'd go with Kimbrel in the fifth. You, you might, might have to. Well, you know, you might have to. That's interesting, and you might have to. I would go Kimbrel first one out of the pen tomorrow. You might have to because Kimbrel can give you a couple innings too. He can give you two, three innings if you have to. And then I'd go. Might Pacella. not have him for game four, but you got to win tomorrow night. I would go. I would go Evaldi if he keeps it close. Then go Kimbrel. Try get two out of him. Maybe You're only going to go to Kimbrel if it's a situation where the Yankees have runners on and you need to stop the bleeding. So we'll going to Kimbrel, the first guy out of the bullpen in like the fourth to fifth inning, is a total panic move, and the Yankees will fucking steamroll the rest of the way if he does that. Yeah, Evaldi's a total panic move. We'll see. we'll see. I hope you're right. I did. I always Cora give any reasoning? Did he say it's because Porcello isn't ready to pitch tomorrow? No. Is that the reason? No. That's why I'm I'm thinking in my head they want him as a, a bullet out of the bullpen. I thought Porcello pitched the best game any starting pitcher has got uh, pitched against the Yankees in the regular season this year. And he was great. Remember the other he night had in six, those six no hit. They were fucking booing. Cora for taking yeah. him out of that game for Kimbrel. Like that decision. They were booing. Oh, man, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Porcello's from this area too. That would hype him up. You'd want that uh, guy out there. We'll see. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. It'll be. It should be an interesting game. But like I keep saying, it. Big key, Luis Severino. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you know who we didn't bring up? Real quick, two minutes. Masahiro Tanaka, again. Uh, I was getting to my point, and something came up where you can't really say they were dominant because you don't. these pitchers just don't go right. that long. Sevi was great. And Tanaka, I mean, did his fucking job again. I don't think he had good stuff last night. Doesn't matter. But that's my thing. It doesn't matter. He only gave up one run. Playoff Tanaka goes one run over five innings, and it causes his ERA to go up. Yeah. That's how good yeah. he's been in the yeah. postseason. I, yeah, unbelievable. So he went from a one four four to a one five. He had a sub one ERA in the postseason last year in three games. So he's he pitches to a one five zero ERA now in the postseason. Unbelievable. So I mean, again, he, even without his best stuff, the guy came. He came through last night. So I, you know, I have no problems yep. giving the ball to Masahiro Tanaka in any situation. Hell no. He's a big game pitcher that just. He um, loves putting that listen, pressure on it on himself. I'm and that's not you, a trait that is easy I'm, to find. I'm telling you right now, if this does go to a game five, you're not seeing Jay happen. Game well, five. this is what I wanted mm-hmm. to ask real quick. Tough game answer. five, yes or no? Do you trust Jay Happ with the ball in his hand, Ryan? Yes. Yes. You you, you, you do. You just I said do. that you would pitch to knock in the game. Oh, I still trust Jay Happ, but you're not going to see him. I'm just telling you what you're going to see. I wouldn't pitch Tanaka because we haven't seen him go on regular rest or short rest. I'd try to make it so he keeps getting that extended rest because that's obviously when he's the that best. That works for him. Yeah, right, so I wouldn't force him to go on regular rest or if it would be a day early. do or die, do we've seen it in the wild card. We said it then. Who's your best postseason pitcher? Who has proven himself? You want to lose that game with him on the bench because you're scared to see what he's like on short rest sorry i'm losing that game with my best whether it's on short rest or not yeah he'll have a short leash and you have a you have your locked it's and actually loaded. not short rest it would be his turn in a yeah. regular right. rotation it so would there be his you turn yeah. to pitch i'm telling you right now if it does go to a game five which we hope it doesn't masahiro danaka will be getting the ball that night plain That's and simple question it's a good uh plain and simple you might even about. see jay hap get the ball game four you might. You can do that to CC. You might. And no, but then that would put Hap on short rest, though. You, you know what? You wouldn't because uh, I don't know, man. They lose tomorrow night. CC's your stopper, but again, uh, I just don't know. Let's 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 just say they're gonna win tomorrow. Uh, let's just leave it at that. And if it does go to a game five, I don't know what happens in game four if they lose tomorrow. But if it gets to a game five, you're gonna see Masahiro Tanaka on the mound. I would bet my life on it. I think no matter what happens tomorrow, CC pitches game four. Because you're not going to bring Hap. That's short rest for Hap. You don't know what, you know. And talk about a story. Talk about talk about a script being written perfectly for CC Sabathia coming out game four, whether it's to, you know, 
keep the Yankees alive or to advance them into the ALCS against the best team in baseball. Yeah, pretty awesome. Can't ask for more than that. If I can guarantee almost anything in life, I would guarantee a chance to pitch the Yankees to the ALCS against the Red Sox at home, you're going to get the best of CC Sabathia in that yep. game. You probably, he probably leaves it all on the field in game four. Yeah. You probably might not even see him after that. When's the last time the Yankees lost at home in the playoffs? Was that against uh, Houston in the wild card game? Yeah. Yep. Wow. So, all right. We good? I'm mm-hmm. good. I'm cool. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so uh, that'll wrap up episode 75. It's that guy, Rye. Here's a quick little thing here. Uh, go Yanks. Chris. I kind of like you. Say goodbye. <laughs>